Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And this week we're going to get all emotional of sorts. By that means we're going to talk about relationships. Be it professional, romantic, whatever. Specifically relationships within comic books is what I want to go with. Uh, who wants to go first with their first memorable comic book relationship? Dramatic pause. Seems like no one wants to go Sounds first. Sounds like no one wants to So I'll go first, I guess. First one on my list was Scott Pilgrim and Ramona Flowers, where Scott has to fight all of her evil exes in order to earn the right to date her. They ended up making a movie with, I forget who the kid's name was, the guy that was in... He was in every... He was in Juno. Oh, oh there it is. It's on my notes. Ha! Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. And I forget what the girl that played Juno, but that's, that doesn't matter. Uh, so, so Scott Pilgrim versus the World was the movie. They also made a video game. They made board games. I actually was researching a new board game that just came out or is coming out soon. Uh, Scott Pilgrim miniaturizes the world. So it comes with pre-painted miniatures. Looks pretty cool. We'll see if I'll stock it or not. But anyway, with the relationship, Scott Pilgrim is what first one came to mind. I was like, oh, this is heavy drama with people fighting each other and fighting exes and stuff. So Scott Pilgrim versus, or Scott Pilgrim and Ramona Flowers is my first relationship pick yeah, it's a good first one um i'll go with clark kent and lois lane the pretty much the first superhero couple so, uh well yeah 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 possibly maybe not a couple at the time but you know superman needed a love interest back in the 30s and along came lois lane works for me so well, i'm going with that theory sounds good <laughs> laura who's first on your list yeah, i don't want to do what's first on my list well, what's um, the first one you want to say that is on your list I think I want to go with one of my favorite relationships has always been Spider-Man and the Black Cat. I thought it was really interesting how they both had their dual lives and their secret identities, and I thought that they should have worked out really well together. If it but wasn't for Mary Jane getting in the way. Kind of, and other issues. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. How, how deep are we going into this stuff? Because I could probably go pretty deep into this stuff. <laughs> like, honestly, everything I wrote down was Spider-Man relationships. <laughs> I, I figured that was the safe guess, so... It always cracked me up. It was the Ultimate Universe. Uh, they didn't know each other at all, and Black Cat lifts up part of his mask and kisses him, and then lifts his, the mask up all the way, and it turns out to be a kid, and she starts puking, because you know, <laughs> she's not a kid. Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty awkward. That one always cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that with um, Spider-Gwen and Miles Morales' Spider-Man, because he's a decent amount younger than her, but they kind of had a little relationship going on there, too. I thought about either putting that on my list or figured that you would probably put it on your list at some point. Eventually. I actually didn't forget until just now. Oh, so. so yeah. I guess I'll cut in line with Gwen, or yeah, specifically Spider-Gwen and Miles Morales. Uh, apparently they're destined to get together no in matter what. In some universes. Yeah, because I know... For most. I want to say Spider-Ham's universe. They had a Spider-Gwen and Spider-Miles. They're like, oh yeah, no matter what, this is this is our destiny. You're... You're due to be entwined with each other no matter what. So, which is kind of weird, seeing how at least those are the same dimension, but the Spider-Gwen and Miles are two different dimensions. It's like, oh, no matter what, you're still destined to meet. But time or dimension travel, that's not fair. So That was destined to happen too? I guess so. It'd be a pretty rough long-distance relationship. Uh, that, yeah. Uh, I don't know. With that watch she's had for, well, I guess it's been a while ago that she had the watch. I don't know if it's still in use so much, but it yeah. was a pretty good cheat. She was, like, taking classes in another universe, too. Because she was a student in the 616 universe, then heroing back in her own universe. Because her universe, everyone knows who she was. She came out of the superhero closet, I guess. And it's like, well, I can't really 
go to school anymore or be an actual person in the main universe. I think Tony Stark said the program, and like, ah, please, we have people from dimensions all over time. We know how to set this up. And you see your credits will transfer to your own dimension and everything. Like, that's kind of weird, but all right. <laughs> At least they closed that loophole pretty pretty easily with that. Leave it, if you need a loophole closed, call Tony Stark. Right. You can still find his phone number and call it, even though he discontinued it. <laughs> Uh, what's next up on your list there, Jared? Um, one of my favorites has always been uh, Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon, the whole uh, Robin and Batgirl and then Nightwing and Oracle, just going back and forth all the time with it. Uh, that was always fun. Now, have they actually dated in the comics? I know they've like flirted a lot. They were uh, fiancés for a little bit uh, right before and during Infinite Crisis. Okay. Um, when he got back, they tied it up with a uh, an annual issue where he was mending and from his injuries from Infinite Crisis, and at that point is when they broke up. Gotcha. So they were engaged at one time. I know in the current Rebirth universe, they're always like, well, we always flirted with it, but we never actually dated. So apparently in this universe, they haven't actually completed the deed. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And there was one where it was after Batgirl had been paralyzed, and Nightwing shows up and sleeps with her (laughs) right after that, and then hands her an invitation to his wedding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's not awkward at all no not at all yeah not a good choice on no. his part probably there were t- sometimes dick grayson was a jerk he lived up it to his name like he was a yep. dick <laughs> grayson uh what's next up on your list there laura um i actually think i'm gonna hop around because i didn't write my list in any order i really thought it was interesting for a while there shoot i can't remember the name of the story arc but when doc ock had body snatched spider-man and he started dating anna maria marconi that was part of the Superior Spider-Man. Superior, that's it. Yeah, I thought that that was a really interesting relationship. It was just unfortunate that Anna didn't really know who she was really dating. And Doc and Ock actually was a good guy. Like, actually wanted to date her and everything. And they touched on it again in the Superior Octopus. Mm-hmm. a little bit. And the... Yeah, she was not happy. No, she was not a fan of that. But, I, yeah, I really liked that relationship. I just hated the way that they ended the Superior octopus run was like oh well that was a wrong version of me so i'm going back to my evil ways like really guys that was a cop out like i really liked the reformed doc ock being a hero and like doing good work but for me that soured the whole the whole experience like the, the way they ended that like oh guys come on did you read the new superior issues yeah okay i must be too far behind then i thought that he was still being reformed in those uh spoiler alert um <laughs> not so fi- much <laughs> the final issue they basically undid all of the superior goodness that he did and like they put him back to before he became superior spider-man where he's full-on villain and hates spider-man and doesn't do good okay. it really like really guys you just that five years of really good progression you're just gonna erase all like nope we can't do that anymore he's better as just a plain boring villain like you had so much good potential there. Marvel's done that before, though. They have. They have. DC just... has, too. But Marvel, I think, really pushes the envelope when they reboot it or yeah. change something. I mean, when they unmask Spider-Man in general. Right. They could have done a lot with that. But no, we're going to just go back to ma- making sure no one knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they could have done a lot with that. Yeah, I think they do that extra lot with Spider-Man stuff specifically. Yeah. All right, that's his tropes. That's what he does. That's what we can't do that we right he's engaged and married to mary jane nope we have to undo all that stuff so he's right. just by mm-hmm. himself so this and then, is and then oh we're gonna start teasing that they're gonna start dating again like yep keep going to the same pot but i agree i would have loved to have seen a hero version or reformed version of doc ock i think there could have been a lot of great interactions with other superheroes he's you know a lot right. of team up books i mean you think of I don't know, for me, like, one of the, some of the best reformed villains are Scarlet Witch and uh, Quicksilver. They're originally evil mutants with Magneto, and then they joined the Avengers, and 
fully reformed and everything, that makes a better story arc for them. Yeah. It's a nature versus nurture argument, too. A little bit, Because didn't yeah. Magneto raise them to be kind of Villainish. Hated? Yeah. But still, I, I, I like the redemption of that, yeah. of the characters. Anyway, we're not doing redemptions. We're nope, not doing villains. We're doing, we're doing relationships. relationships. We're getting off track. Yep. <laughs> uh, so next one on my list, I'm going to steal a little bit from Jared's list, is Bruce Wayne slash Batman. And I want to do Bruce Wayne and Talia al Ghul, where uh, they end up having a kid. It's not a long relationship, but it's a good enough for having a kid. I don't know much about the origin of Talia. Uh, she she's is Ra's al Ghul's daughter. Uh, daughter, or Raish. Or Raish, however you want to pronounce it. I don't know. It. She's been raised in the League of Assassins, and it's, you know, what you'd expect. She is... Not quite anti-Batman, or not the opposite of Batman, because it's very Ooh, she similar. She likes Batman. I would say she's almost like a mirror verse of Batman, like what Batman could have been, as much training as Bruce who had and everything, but without the morals. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And, I mean, they she planned to have the kid with them for for her dad to raise as his, Raish's successor, basically. Yeah. I believe she drugged him I, because he had no memory of it and didn't even know he had a kid there, didn't he? That sounds right, and like because we didn't see the baby Damien, we saw like yeah, ten year old Damien, right? So it happened a while ago, and they're like, oh, by the way, you have a kid. He's this old, so have yep. fun with that. Which Damien's made him a good character. I like what they've yeah. done with him. Yeah, so have I. Especially when now that he's not so angsty douchebaggery i really liked him when he was with dick grayson yeah that relationship yeah was very good <laughs> anytime you see him maturing like actually yeah. being a detective too, one of my favorite issues with damien is still when he tried he had to prove that he was better than every single robin that ever existed like yeah <laughs> he's like nope i'm better than all of you and this is why yep but with bruce wayne and talia there's also bruce wayne and catwoman yep slash selena kyle um they got engaged and then unengaged and now they're Dating Al- again? At least allies. And they I, keep jumping back and forth so much. I know they're teasing a book next year for Batman and Catwoman. So they are going to do another team-up book with them. As far as I know, it's an ongoing series. So I don't know if they are going to get married or what that whole deal is. Who knows, especially with Joker War, how that wraps up and everything. So. Yep. so that's next on mine. What's on yours then, Jared? I will go with Reed Richards and Sue Storm from the Fantastic Four. Part of the first family of Marvel. Yep, the first Mm -hmm. family of Marvel. They've been together since day one, pretty much. I believe the first issue had them dating, at least. Yeah. I I don't think they were married yet. No. Nope, but they've eventually gotten married, had children, who both have superpowers. One's in Marvel Zombies not aging. Yeah. But, you know, that's a whole thing. I'd say I don't know if their daughter has powers, other than just being super smart. I don't know what all she has. I don't know if that's Valerie. I know Franklin has his, like... Oh, he's an Omega level. He's like a, he is actually a mutant too. He's not just a super being. He's a, a full on mutant. Oh, that's right. Because they had the whole should he be on Krakoa with all them. But I digress again. Yeah, but that was always that's always been a a good relationship. If you're wanting to go into a comic knowing what you're going to get and really being able to enjoy it, that's that's the one to go with. I mean, I'd say just really at that point, the whole Fantastic Four is a great yeah. family relationship. Of mm-hmm. we got Reed and Sue married. Johnny, the sibling to Sue, and then Ben, like the family uncle, like they're they're all he's the best friend with all of them, so he's the kid's uncle, and they are truly a family in that whole dynamic with them. I've always teased that I want Disney to do a Fantastic Four TV show where it's 
filmed similar to The Office, where it's a mockumentary style, <laughs> where it takes place in the Baxter building. So whenever they go off on an adventure, you cut to commercial break. So all, all the special effects, you don't have to worry about that. Just have the family dynamic within the Baxter building and focus on the family themselves. Because that's what Fantastic Four is their strength uh, I is. I think that would be a great show. Yeah. You could still have a special effects budget with the stretching. But it would be minimal you know, compared to, like... On. Have right. it be have like some stuff ex- in the windows behind yeah. going right. on. And have some science <laughs> experiments blow up. Or they reference like different that. adventures and stuff. Yeah. Have Dragon Man be there. Like, I want to see the origins. I want them to be the family with Franklin and Val. And Dragon Man being the nanny. Herbie floating around. Have them established already in the universe. And focus on them as a family and how they interact with the Baxter building. The name of the show will be Baxter. Uh. Baxter building. <laughs> or First Family. Either one I'm okay with. Disney hit me up if you want more ideas. I'll sell you that and we can try to make it work it's gotta be better than the last fantastic four movie which was absolutely awful well, there's not much I worse than not that, seen that. Um, you're not I, missing much i went to theaters to see it so i can tell across to not see it it was that bad yeah i think i saw you the day after you saw it and you i think that was the first thing yeah. out of your mouth was don't go watch it the only reason why i went was so i can tell people it is bad as the reviews are saying do not watch I, it i made it halfway through before i shut it off yeah so but, fa- first family they were fantastic <laughs> four yep <laughs> <laughs> Laura, what's next on your list? Um, I'm going to jump and maybe take a liberty, go into the Spider-Verse movie, because I really liked the relationship of the Kingpin with Vanessa in that. Yeah. How he basically did everything he did, trying to universe hop and find his way back to Vanessa, because he lost her in his universe. And I thought that was a really interesting premise for the whole movie. Yeah, if he needs to have her, no matter, he doesn't care what universe she's from and what she knows he wants to have her. Kind of. That sounds like a little meaner than I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what going he's going with. I was with the sweet version where he's like, I <laughs> miss her romantic. so much, I need her. But I guess I kind of forgot that every universe, she's different than his Vanessa. Right. But it was worth a shot. Yeah. It's still a good dynamic for a relationship. So going down another, continue that dark path. The next one on my list is Hank Pym and Jana Van Dyne. Ooh. The yeah. comic book version. They have definitely Disney-fied the movies of their relationship. Yeah. Where, versus in the comics, he beat her. Yeah. Like, he was abusive and I want to say somewhat of a drug addict. I don't know for sure on that one. Going back, that's, I mean, early I Avenger stuff. Yeah. But I know, like, he, at least in the Ultimate Universe, he straight up beat her. Oh, yeah. The Ultimate Universe, he was a jerk. Like, killer. he was full-on abusive and crazy ridiculous. In one of the zombie comics, wasn't he eating her as well? Probably, I think that was in the Marvel Zombies, yeah. Okay. Be, yeah. I feel like he had her tied up and was like slowly piecing her off. But he's like, I don't want to eat all of you. You're I don't still, need to really die. I, I still love you. I just want to savor you too. Oh, wasn't that one of the movies? I just want to eat your brains, Donna. <laughs> I love you. But yeah, Hank Pym and Janet. Those. That, that is a, I mean, it has gone all sorts of wrong with that. Um, and actually it went to the next level where they spun out of that. Uh, I'm going to do two for here. I'm going to cheat. Of... Ultron and uh, Jocasta, which Ultron was made by Hank Pym, and Jocasta was made off, made by Hank Pym also, but used the brainwaves of Jana Van Dyne to create her consciousness and everything. So it's like, that's kind of super creepy. Like, oh, you can't okay. handle when Janet dies, so we'll make a robot version of you using your brainwaves, I'll try to date it, and never mind, I'll just pair it off with my other robot that I made and <laughs> let them go after it. And Say it like that, it is a little creepy. Yeah. Well, anytime you're like, oh, right, well, you're dead, so I'll just make a robot version of you. It'll be fine. Uh, you're de- it doesn't matter. Like, I get death and all, but, like, there's still, like, maybe it's time to let things go. But they've definitely shown how Hank in the comics has gone off the deep end several times. But he keeps swimming back to the surface. Sort of. I mean, right now <laughs> in the comics, he's merged with Ultron. Like, it's part Hank, part Ultron, all villain, all crazy. Not great. 
but at least they made good relationships of interesting with their their founding Avengers and didn't end well. And now we have robots that are based off of those people. Well, I think I'll kind of keep with the same track of unstable relationships. Joker and Harley Quinn. Talk about unstable. Yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of abuse, and man, what what can you say about the Joker and Harley Quinn? What I can say is whenever people say, oh, I want a relationship like Joker and Harley, well, you've obviously never read the comic books then, because that is not a healthy relationship. Not at all. Maybe they didn't say they were in a healthy relationship. Maybe they're asking you for help, and you need to send them to Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just, yeah. I mean, it is iconic. It is iconic. It is. They've got some great artwork depicting the two together and everything, but it is not a healthy relationship. No. And Harley, thank God, has gotten out of that relationship. And, and has shown Joker's other relationships, like, no, don't hook up with him. He is a bad dude. Like, yep. she is. She has reformed and, like, gotten away from that. Yep. It's good to see people getting out of bad relationships. Yes. You don't want to see the bad relationship, it but it's good to see when they get out of it. Yes. So, after the bad relationships, <laughs> what do you want to talk about next? <laughs> Um, let's go with something a little lighter. Maybe. Ooh, then I guess. Well, nope. No, 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 let's, nope. let's stay nope, with we're it. not nope. going light. Nope, we'll, we'll keep <laughs> spiraling here. Um, I wanted to actually mention a whole, like, collected series, Spider-Man Blue by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. It goes over Spider-Man reviewing in his mind and making a recording, talking to Gwen Stacy about how they met and how their relationship was so important to him. And it is a really good read. And it also, in the end, it kind of points out how Gwen helped both Spider-Man, or sorry, both Peter Parker and Mary Jane develop to the point where they could have their relationship. So Spider-Man kind of says, thanks, Gwen, without you, I wouldn't have Mary Jane as my wife now in the the end of this book. Spoilers. As if you didn't already know that was going to happen. But it was a really good set, and it's pretty evergreen, so the comic shop might have it. I don't know. Uh, I know know we tried to keep it in stock. I don't know if we do in in stock right now, but I know we try to. You can always ask for it and see what you can find. Uh, Next up on my list will be kind of backtracking again to dark and kind of robotic, (laughs) but in a good way, too, and not so dark, is Scarlet Witch and Vision, which we're getting the new show WandaVision of their relationship together. Um, Scarlet Witch is in love with the Vision, or at least was in the comics. I don't know what their current status is. I don't think they're together. But she loves them so much that she ended up making her own universe, where House of M, where... She's with them. They have their own kids together and everything. And she changes the whole world for him and for them to be together and have a kid and have a relationship and everything. The power of love. Power of love. Yeah, I didn't realize that was with the vision. Yep. It's been a while since I read House of M, though. I knew she had kids and it was important for her kids to be there, but forgot about the daddy. Yeah. Um, next on my list was Dick Grayson and Starfire. Dick Grayson kind of gets around in the DC universe. He so. does. He does. But when they refounded the new Teen Titans, uh, they ran into Starfire, Raven, and Cyborg, and Beast Boy, all added to the Teen Titans crew. Um, Dick Grayson and Starfire really fell for each other. They were engaged for a while. They were about to get married before uh, things went south for them, and they initially, they eventually did break up. Um, they've had an on again, off, re- off again relationship ever since, and we'll see where it goes. So I always liked uh, Nightwing and Batgirl better. Than Nightwing and Starfire. I don't know. I always just liked the Batman family and Bat stories, so might be a little biased there. They drive you a little batty. But, um, yeah. But I'm a huge Teen Titans fan, too, so. That works out. Uh, what's next on your list, Laura? Um, 
I think I might cheat and kind of wrap up my list because they're all kind of just other previous people who Spider-Man had relationships with. Like, he really started out at the Daily Bugle trying to get a hold of Betty Brant, who was the secretary for J. Jonah Jameson. I'm not sure. I've actually never read an issue with Sissy Ironwood, but I always hear about her on the Spider-Man crawl space and those guys kind of hate her, but apparently know. she was some yeah. girlfriend he had. I don't know who she is. Yeah, I don't recognize her. Yeah. We had Carly Cooper for a little while around when Spider Island came out. Uh, he actually did Deborah Whitman for a minute. Liz Allen was also way back with Betty Brant, one of my favorite issues. Those two women are going to visit. They're trying to find Peter Parker and they go visit Aunt May and they run into Mary Jane before, Spy- before Peter meets her. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is the other woman that he's going to fall in love with her and we've got no chance. So they like gave up on him after that. It was really funny to me. More recently, I know he was dating Mockingbird and I thought that was a very strained, awkward relationship. And after a little while, I feel like she was like, you just need to get your stuff together and get off my couch. Bye. It was an odd pairing that I think was poorly i think it was set up by who was the one that was writing spider-man for a long time dan slot i think it was i think it was set up by dan slot yeah and then the new creators took over like no that's not we're getting rid of it like oh break off we're doing our own thing we don't want to deal with that similar to how the star wars movies played out really <laughs> <laughs> yeah like nope we don't like that we're doing our own thing retcon it goodbye yeah, throw it away <laughs> so that's the end of your list then um i have one more to throw in at the end okay i'll do a couple real fast ones then Cyclops with Jean Grey, Cyclops with Madeline Pryor, and then Cyclops with Emma Frost. Cyclops gets around with the psychics. They know it. They know what he's thinking. Um, Speaking out of that, I would also talk about Gambit and Rogue. They are together. They are Mr. and Mrs. That was in comics for a while before they did the whole House and Powers of X reboot, everything. So as far as I can tell, they're still married together. They just don't really talk about it. (laughs) It's not a big deal. Right. And then I have my last one, so I'll save that for Jared. I'll let you do some quick fire ones okay. before you're, or if you want to do all of them, then I'll that's on. Do some quick fire DC comics, and then I'll have uh, two at the end. So I'll go with a Green Arrow and Black Canary. They were long time romance in pretty much every incarnation they've ever done with them too. Yeah. They their wedding issue was really good. They didn't turn out that they got married like most wedding issues, but. You know, it was fun. Yeah. Then we've got Barry Allen, The Flash, and Iris West. Green Lantern, Hal Jordan with uh, Star Sapphire or uh, Carol Ferris. Sometimes they're the same. <laughs> depends on <laughs> yeah. which one. Yeah, it depends on who's writing it, I think. I'll go with uh, the second Flash, Wally West and Linda, well, the third Flash, technically, is uh, Wally West and Linda Park. Uh, she was a TV reporter, and they got married and had two kids together, Jay and Iris, who both had super speed and everything the last dc probably one of my one of my personal favorites was uh tim drake robin and stephanie brown who was spoiler and bad girl for a time they had a, some really good dynamic and everything and had batman always watching over them so that was always fun what's on the end of your list then laura um saga i was surprised none of you guys brought up alana and marco i thought about it same here but i was like uh, i've gone to the brian Gibbon well a lot lately oh man and he's already on my list again so. <laughs> okay easily yours your final one for mine are me final two ones because uh, the first one is kind of who gives a crap other than the importance of it within our society now uh north star and kyle from the x-men they were the very first gay wedding in Marvel Comics, that was in 2012, uh, an astonishing X-Men. And then following that into the most recent Marvel wedding of Wiccan and Hulkling from the fame of the New Avengers, or Young Avengers. The Young Avengers. Young Avengers. 
Um, so Wiccan, who is the son of Scarlet Witch, somehow through magic. They never really explained how that worked other than magic. Yeah, it's magic. And, yeah, and Hulkling, okay. which is the son of the original Captain Marvel and whoever the princess of the scrolls were at the time i don't know who she was they just got married in the empire series where they had them get married in a vegas wedding like oh one was looking to that real quick and then they actually had a wedding issue with the empire fallout of them actually doing a scroll in Cree wedding so they invited all the superheroes and everybody and that's the most recent relationship wedding um i'm going to go with i've got two left on my list and one i want to mention because the walking dead deluxe came out this week so i wanted to mention my favorite uh, couple from the a relationship from The Walking Dead, and I always liked Glenn and Maggie. Yeah. I thought theirs was a great, solid relationship, and that was always fun to read until Glenn... Met up with had, Negan. Yeah, had an, had an encounter with Negan that did not go well. He had a splitting headache. Yes, he did. <laughs> hmm. I wonder what happened after that. Yeah. Do they have any aspirin in the apocalypse? Um, they didn't get that better. day. They did not that there's day. Not, there, let's just say there's not enough aspirin to take care of that headache. Nope. Okay. And my final one is from Why the Last Man, uh, Yorick Brown and Agent 355. She was sent to protect him as he goes across country to find a scientist and possibly have a cure to save all of mankind. See, I would say the the more important relationship would be Yorick and Ampersand, because Ampersand Ooh, yeah. was the one that actually had the cure. Yep, and that's the one. That's how Yorick survived. Yeah. So I'd say that's the bigger, Ooh, that's the more the important relationship. One. That is. All so right. It's a it's a, a bit tragic, almost Shakespearean, how it ends. Well, not Shakespearean. That's not the right word. Uh, it was just tragic. Yeah, it was, it was a, tragic it was the way a, it ended, but it was yeah. it was really good. It was really fitting. So those are our picks of the week. Not our picks of the week. Those or are no, our relationships. The relationships of the week. Uh, I may have to do some extra editing because it looked like my mixer might have stopped recording some of this. But luckily, on my computer as a backup, we'll see which what picks up. We may have left it out a couple. They may get edited out because my technological errors. So. Oh no! Let me know if you need me to re rebroadcast. Uh, it'll be too much work for that. I do have the backup. <laughs> we may just work. We may just publish our backup instead tonight. We'll see. We'll see how much is actually caught and what's not. So with that, we'll go to this week's books of the week okay. for. October 7th, 2020. Okay, I'll uh, start this one because I've already mentioned it, The Walking Dead Deluxe. Um, It's a reprinting of The Walking Dead comics, but it's all in color now, and it's done really well. They did a really good job colorizing this. I'm curious of how they'll do or how it'll look starting with issue seven because one through six had a different artist than the rest of the seven through 190, whatever. Right. 193, (laughs) I think, was the final issue. Uh, had a different artist that entire run. Yeah, but if you you're, if you're a Walking Dead fan, this is a really good comic to have. I'm going to be adding it to my pull list. It's so well done. I believe so, it will be a monthly series, uh, too. Even though they could, they very well could do it weekly. Yeah, I mean they did they did do Walking Dead weekly for a long time. Yeah, but then yep. they stopped when they caught up to the stuff. Now, but. did they decide to do this? Do you know much about why they decided to do the coloring? Was it because of COVID and not just? Wanted more money? That's well, my that's my best guess. Is going to get it from me. Like, Janet. hey, we're not making these anymore, but people still love us, so we'll just do it again with color version. And then we'll do trades with the color version. Well, they're going to get my money, Janet. <laughs> and they might open up to a market, because there are some people who really, they're all about the visual stuff. Maybe they didn't like the black and white. There so. is definitely an audience that did not like it being in black and white. Like, really, I'm paying the same amount of money I, as a color for a black and white? What the crap? I'm one of those people, and that's the exact reason right there. It's the same exact money for just a black and white print of something that should be colorized. Well, and but... now, if you didn't have a chance to read it while it was originally coming out in the single issues, now you have the chance when it's individual issues again, but full color. Yeah. So it does have more options. 
But ultimately, I think they just wanted more money, which I don't blame them, yeah. honestly. And they're going to get it. This is done really well. They could have really just threw some random color in there and be done with everything, but they did a good job with it. With it. The they... only thing that'll make me mad is if they don't do the full run, if they stop short. Yeah. If they're like, but oh, I... well, we're stopping short, but here's the graphic novels of them. I'm like, no, do it all or don't do it at all. No, I'll agree, but I think some of it's going to depend on how well the first couple issues sell. I would yeah. agree to that, you yeah. Know, if they don't sell, then they're not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. My question flips the coin. Do you know why they started with black and white to begin with? No clue. Could have been just cheaper to make at that time. Or just that's, I mean, for me, when I was reading it, I never really, once I started getting into it, I didn't notice that it was in black and white. Same My mind would fill in enough, like, no, that's just, it's a grittier feel, and cool, I'm good with it. Yeah, that's the way I felt with it, too. After, really bugged me at the beginning, but after about the third issue in, it was, you know, I didn't even notice, like you say. I do wonder if they did the black and white so they wouldn't show the gore of the zombies, the intestines and all that, if they didn't have to. Because, I mean, that's a lot of color work to do, mm-hmm. especially if you don't know how well it's going to take off and everything. Like, we'll just do it that and go with there. What is your pick? One of, one of your picks for this week, Laura? Um, I think that I'm going to be basic and go with The Amazing Spider-Man. It's 49 in the new numbering, but 850 in the legacy. Basically, Spider-Man ends up teaming up with Norman Osborn. Norman becomes the Green Goblin again, and they start fighting the Sin Eater. And that's and- the majority of the story. Because yep. there are... I want to say three more backups into it. Yeah, I did really enjoy those as well, which surprised me usually. Well, actually, no, I I shouldn't say that. I I enjoyed one of them a whole lot, and the other two were kind of bleh. But the the first of the three backstories had a whole bunch of Beatles references. I thought you would like that one. And I felt like they were also making a reference. There was some weird strawberry thing attacking them, and I thought it was like a Strawberry Fields Forever That's reference. kind of what I was going with as well. And I also kind of liked, it's weird to me, I didn't like this artist when he was doing Doctor Strange, but now I kind of like that every time I see... Uh, Bacolo. Yeah, Bacolo. Chris Bacolo. I think of the Doctor Strange run because that was cool to me as well. And even though I didn't like the art at the time, it's... Nice to have that callback for it. Yeah, for me, that was my full pick of the week also, was Amazing Spider-Man. Um, there was a lot of good stuff this week, but for me, that one just stood above and beyond the rest. For me, the biggest thing that stood out for it was how it is an oversized issue that is $10, but 80% of it is actually one story. Usually when we get big issues like this, like it has like, oh, well, the main story is like the standard 22 pages or whatever, and then the rest is like sub-stories. No, this is mostly all that one story with Norman and everything. So for me, that was my overall pick of the week, too. Um, and I did like the backup stories as well. Going into honorable mentions for me, though, would be the Ten of Swords story arc that's going on this week. It's hard for me to pick just one, because three issues of the Ten of Swords came out this week. It was Wolverine and X-Force and Marauders was the last one, I think. Um, I don't know which numbers. We'll look them up. Um, it is Wolverine number 6, X-Force number 13, and Marauders number 13. Each person, each team, they are working on getting swords for the Ten of Swords. That is some sort of legend thing that they need to do so they can, pa- they can battle with the other world or whatever. The Akrakoa, or I don't know. It's a terrible pronunciation, but it's interesting. So that was my honorable mention was the Ten of Swords as a whole this week. Jared, what are your what is your pick of the week or other honorable mentions for the week? My pick of the week is Batman 100, the conclusion to the Joker War. We've been talking about this for how many weeks now? And it's finally it's finally <laughs> ending, and I think it did a really good job ending. Uh, this issue was action packed. Nightwing goes up against Punchline. They have a 
pretty big battle with her minions and the whole Bat family shows up to help Nightwing. And it's just a really, really good issue. The Joker and Batman really duke it out at the end. It's got everybody into it and it starts off i love the beginning of it where uh, barbara gordon's walking into the watchtower and she takes off her cowl puts on her glasses and becomes oracle again so not crippled or anything but no. just the oracle brain and really taking over the city she takes over the gcpd radios and everything and she broadcasts to everybody in the city nightwing had a wonderful line like you know he's like do you know how long i've waited to hear your voice in my ear he's like do you know how long i've waited to have my voice in your ear yeah Yep, and he really, it's nice to see Nightwing back to being himself. Yeah. So. And there is a surprising, curious ending to it. I don't want to say anything too far into that, but Joker is in a new position, I'll put it that way. Yes. Um, I think a lot of individuals are after this. This is really going to set, this book sets up the future of Batman. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and they do it really well. That was my pick of the week. This is... In my opinion, the one comic to get. Other than Amazing Spider-Man was good, too. Yeah. Yeah, if not for Spider-Man, I probably might have picked uh, that one as well. There was a lot of good stuff. I would say pick them all up. But yeah, this week, it was just... There was a lot of stuff. So, so much. much stuff this week. So mm -hmm. much stuff. And that I say it like it's a bad thing, but no, it was it was really good. But yeah. like, oh, Dude. wow. That I, was a bunch. Yeah, and I'm still not done reading everything. I'm, Ditto. You know, I... We're still, I know I have two sitting in front of me right now that I haven't read yet for today. <laughs> yeah. I guess another honorable mention for me is Deceased came out this week. Yep. It's, um, there is some really cool moments with that. I will say slight spoiler alert. There is a relationship in this that I didn't mention earlier. I'm not going to mention it now because it's kind of a spoiler, but yeah. it was really good. It was a fun little surprise. It was a fun up. little surprise and um, it's fun to see what, what did they say? An emotionally stable Batman. Yes. <laughs> so I'll just put it that way, and which is weird coming being Damien, but of all places. But yep, uh, there was one scene that really I thought was really kind of heartbreaking for Black Canary. Is yeah. Now that she is a Green Lantern, um, she's sitting out on a roof by herself, and she they come to see what she's doing, and she's got Green Arrow in a green bubble. Well, just yeah, first him. It, it looks like she has almost like a fishing pole, just yeah, a line just... that's hanging down below the, the rooftop. And then, yeah. And then she pulls up Green Arrow, and I thought that was pretty sad, you know, the way it's going. But th this issue was good. It sets up the next issue really well. There's kind of a shocker ending here, and I can't wait for the next issue. The whole series of Deceased has been phenomenal, top-notch yeah. stuff. Like, if you're not reading Deceased at this point, I don't know what we can do to convince you to get it. At least read it in trade. The first two volumes are available in hardcover and softcover, I think, for the first one. I'm not positive on that one. I know the Unkillables is in hardcover right now. But still, like, Tom Taylor's writing some great stuff. Oh, he sure is. Really, anytime you see Tom Taylor's name on it, you don't have to ask questions about it. Just buy it. Like, <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, any other final honorable mentions for this week? Um, an honorable mention I have is um, one I haven't read yet. And it's just because <laughs> of the setup of the first issue. I really want to see where this one goes. It's We Only Find Them When They're Dead. We've covered this in a couple podcasts, I we, believe. We talked about the first issue. Yeah, we, the first issue and how it's something completely different. Um, they've set up so much to see where they're going to go with this. There's a lot of hype with the first issue, but uh, that's next on my read list. I might recommend. I did read it, but I was confused. You might want to review the first one first and then okay. go to the yeah. second one. 
Because I, there was a point too where I'm not sure if the person, the art just made two people look really similar or if they were actually, like one said that they had the call sign of the other person. So I don't know if it was really meant mm. to be not that person. So it looked like the same person because she was pretending to be someone else or if I just can't see. So. Okay. I'll reread the first issue before I go <laughs> into this one. Another honorable mention, Star Wars came out this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, issue number... Seven. Seven, where it talks about Grand Moff Tarkin's apprentice. And it was a character that I had no clue who was. Uh, I don't know if she's been around before or not. I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't noticed her, at least. And it was a cool, self-contained issue, really. It's I mean, it's the beginning of a new story arc. Usually, every six issues, there's a story arc. So this is issue seven, so the beginning of that one. Yep, and, and it's... The Tarkin, uh, it's the story arc is uh, the will of Tarkin predators, and uh, the star destroyer in this that his protege controls is called Tarkin's will. Right. So I thought that was pretty. Good That's too. pretty fun. Yeah. Definitely check it out if you haven't been reading Star Wars. It's been good. All the Star Wars since Marvel's taken over has been pretty good. Yeah, I will agree. Any other last minute honorable mentions? Um, I might throw it out there that I think I might mention too actually, just to say Neil Gaiman released a Norse mythology book i know it wasn't really what well it was what i expected but it wasn't exciting but i know a lot of people are like neil gaiman i gotta read everything so i think it's worth pointing out if you like sandman and neil gaiman that's it's that same style of writing and artwork and everything if you like that it's straight up your alley and the one that i actually really enjoyed reading was champions outlawed number one i was i actually thought that that had already come out and i'd missed it so i was like oh i can get in on the ground floor of this and figure out what's going on I mean, there's still a lot of background that I'm not familiar with that I need to catch up on, but it's one of the first issues where the Cradle group, the Child Hero Reconnaissance and Disruption Law Enforcement group is enacted, and they're trying to find all the champions and round them up and stop them from being young vigilantes. Because there's a new law in town called Kamala's Law, mm-hmm. where if you're under the age of 21. 21, you cannot be a superhero without a sponsored mentor. So it's basically civil war, but for minors. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny, too, that I got the impression that the kids wouldn't mind having a mentor, but all the good ones were taken. So they're like, <laughs> screw it. We're not doing it. <laughs> we're, be, we're just doing our own thing, going from there. Oh, well. All right, with that, we will wrap up this week's comics and go to our hero of the week. I had an idea, but it just escaped me of who I was going to choose. <laughs> oh, no. You set up all the rest of us and then yeah, knocked I'll, yourself down. I'll let you guys pick first, then, maybe, if you guys have one on the ready. I am going to go with Drum roll, please. Batman. He oh. had some great interactions with other characters. I don't want to give any spoilers away of this <laughs> week's uh, Batman issue. That was really, really well done. All right. We'll just go with there and stop with that. Laura, do you have one? Yeah, I was thinking of going with Aunt May. Also, I I should have mentioned her in the relationships, too, because she and Mm. Uncle Ben were obviously a very pivotal relationship in Spider-Man's life. And Jared, do you want to see me make Laura angry? Yes. You're going to mention Trouble, aren't you? The Trouble by Mark Miller. Trouble. Yeah, that thing was crap. Like, that is not Aunt May's relationship. I bought that just because you guys were saying how much, how bad it was. I had to buy it just to see for myself. They're not joking. <laughs> I was going to say, did you actually read it? <laughs> or did you just buy it and you're like, I'll get there eventually. I didn't yeah. hate it, but I was taking it as an alternate universe that was not in continuity with anything. Yeah. That's why I was taking it. But it, it was, just, it was, was even still, so it, much. Even still, it wasn't good. It wasn't terrible if you take it as its own separate universe, but it also wasn't good. Just the story in general wasn't good, but go yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, they, 
they just like took it to an extreme. Like I think they could have taken a lot of the highlights of that and made a good story. Like the idea of a young Ben and a young May, sure, that's fine. Yeah. But then they made May into a slut. Yeah. May being a <laughs> slut I cannot ever see. Especially like one of the reasons I thought I'd pick her as my hero was she's been 90 for about 60 years. And it's like, who else can do that? Be 90 for 60 years and still, well, I wanted to say not die, not stay dead. Like she's come back a few times. And then they cast Marissa Tomei as her in the movies, which, which for me, like I'm okay with like, cause Aunt May, he's, she is his aunt, not his grandmother. If it was, if it was grandma May, that'd be different. Like they've always portrayed her as this super old, weak, right. frail. Like, what was the age difference between his his parents, his whichever parents one? And Aunt May, because well, well it would it'd be his, been his, un- his dad, yeah. his dad and his sister. What was the age difference of that? If they're going for yeah. that huge age gap, or no? No, the, no, it been, the brothers. It would have been that's right. uh, Richard ben and Parker Ben and, were yeah. brothers. Yes, Richard, yeah. So, so Aunt May could have been a whole other range of ages, because I think no, Ben true. was the older brother. But so. May could have been maybe a decade older than Ben. Maybe that's Ben possible, was 20 years older than Richard. It, and still, it's still always odd. Yeah. Versus it made sense more to me, okay, that's roughly parent age. Cool. Right. That's fine. It does change the whole image of Aunt May, though, of like aging yeah. her down. Yeah, because... One of the big reasons in the beginning, Spider-Man was always afraid she was so frail and he was wanting to take care of her medicine and her bills and right. all that. And she didn't need his help nearly as much as Marissa Tomei. I always liked uh, the Tobey Maguire movie version of Aunt May. I thought that actress did a really yeah, good job. It was written uh, well. Shoot, I forget her name. I definitely don't know her name. No. I want to say Emma, but that's, that doesn't sound right. When I think of a movie version of Aunt May, that's the one I picture. Rosemary Harris was Mae Parker in those That movies. sounds like a name. It's a name of Mae Parker, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely didn't know her name at all. No, I couldn't have told you that either. But that's the one I always picture. Alex, who's oh. your hero of the week? My hero of the week is coming from the pages of Amazing Spider-Man. Starling. It is going to be Spider-Gwen is my hero of the week. They are, the whole spider family is discussing of whether or not they should help Peter or not. And she's like, you know what, just because we voted once doesn't mean that's set in stone. Like, maybe we've had time to digest and think this through. Maybe we should vote again if we should help or not. And I think that was a rational decision that she made. Like, all right, that was our gut instinct. Let's actually, now that we see what's going on, now let's assess if we should interfere or not. So it was like, letting cool heads prevail. So Spider-Gwen is my pick of the week for that. choice. So Spider-Man is my pick of the week of the book, and Spider-Gwen is the hero of the week for me. And I picked Batman for both. <laughs> my honor, my runner-up for pers- or per- hero of the week would be Batman, but the different Batman that was in Deceased. Ooh, yeah. That's my other honorable mention for hero. <laughs> uh, you have to read this week's issue to figure out why that would be the case, but let's just say it ties in with Batman, and it ties in with relationships. Yes. So, with that, thank you for listening. Uh, please... If you have a service that does rating and reviews, do so. Give us five stars if that's the highest thing. Uh, we were looking at if there's reviews for Google Podcast, nothing there. So if you're reviewing it, chances are we don't see it, but we appreciate it if you give us high reviews. Yeah, I saw two reviews at some point. I should have printed them out or something. Maybe I'll do that soon. So maybe that was on iTunes or something. Who knows? But yeah, uh, rate, review, subscribe, share. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. TikTok. I don't know if we have any other social medias other than those. Tell your friends about but it. But tell your friends about it. Uh, Israel <laughs> texted me last week wanting to know the joke we edited out. I texted him that. Oh. So <laughs> if you want to know hidden stuff that we mentioned that we edited out, just Behind get a hold of scenes. us. Patreon exclusives. 
Maybe we should set up. If you want us to set up a Patreon, let us know. You guys have a Patreon. I am a member. I think I'm the only member, but you do have a Patreon. <laughs> well, I'm saying if we want one for the podcast instead. So anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. I and... hope Mark's not listening to this one. <laughs> <laughs> and we will hear you all, or you'll hear all of us next time. Mm-hmm.